Welcome to the Catalyst for Change podcast, where we help leaders lead better. I'm your host, Zach Pruitt, and I'm excited to be welcoming an extra special guest to the podcast this week, and that is my wife, Sarah. Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. It is a rainy day here in Northern Kentucky, but we were able to go out and grab some lunch together, and then we just came back home for the recording of this podcast. But so glad to have you here on with me, and today we are going to be talking about hospitality. And the reason that I brought you on for this topic is because you are just so good at welcoming people into our home, making it a place for people to enjoy, and even just planning events and making sure that you think of all the details and that you've thought through every single detail. And when people walk into whatever event or space it is, that they feel loved. And you could just tell that when that you have been so intentional with everything whenever you're hosting. So I'm excited for our conversation today. So let's hop on in. Uh, so I guess, first of all, um, let's kind of start high level. But how did you get into hospitality, hosting people, planning parties? Like, where did all of this start for you? Yeah. So, you know, I feel like the answer is honestly pretty simple for me. And Zach, you probably know exactly what I'm going to say because you can attest to this. But growing up, my parents, they've always hosted events and parties. I would definitely say we're, they were the party house. I'm talking birthday parties, Christmas parties, graduation parties, ministry events, you name it. They had it. The list goes on and on. So I grew up around it. And I knew that once we had our own home, that that was something that I wanted to do. And I wanted to bring people together like that because I saw where having these events, it just brought community to people. It brought smiles to people's faces. It made people's day. And I just knew that that was something that I wanted to do. So honestly, just growing up around it, my mom and my dad, they just always hosted. And I would definitely say that's kind of where that all came from. Yeah. And, you know, I can attest to that as well. Um, you know, I know your parents have had um, over the years, like even at times, I know that they've had like over a hundred people oh, yeah. at their home, you know, obviously not necessarily just inside their house, but they've had summer parties where things have been outside and inside. Mm -hmm. um, and now even where you and I, you know, we are um, part owners of this venue. So uh, I know that you and your mom hold a big part of that as well. Um, you two are oftentimes the two people that are planning those events and just making sure that everything that's happening there, whether it be a wedding, baby shower, or just an event that we're actually hosting at Catalpa, um, just making sure that all those things come together. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. So what does hospitality mean to you? Like what qualifies as good hospitality? Yeah. So whenever I knew that hospitality was the topic that we were going to be talking about today, I actually looked at the definition which I know you are a definition guy, so you're going to appreciate this. Uh, but according to Google, I just Googled it. It said that hospitality is the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. So whenever I read that definition, I thought it was spot on. But honestly, what really stood out to me was the word strangers. Um you know, there are many times that I know you and I, we've had strangers in our home. Mm -hmm. Literally the first yeah. time we ever met them was them coming to sure. our house yeah. for an event. 
Uh, and you know what? Hospitality still pertains to even the stranger, maybe even a little bit more so. Yeah. Um, and I think that whenever I saw the word stranger, I don't know why it stuck out to me, but I just thought that, you know, maybe we just look at hospitality um, for people that we see all the time, but hospitality, it leaves a lasting impression, mm -hmm. whether it's good or bad. I mean, think about it. I'm sure you've had really good experiences, whether it be at a restaurant or maybe even just someone's home, you went to their home for an event and you left feeling loved and felt like they actually put their heart into that event. But I'm, you may have the opposite experience mm -hmm. um, where it maybe wasn't so great, but either way it left an impression for you. And I mean, at church, we have a whole ministry that's mm -hmm. literally, it's called hospitality. We have leaders for that. We have several volunteers under that ministry. Why? And that's because first impressions matter. I know some churches actually call it first impressions mm -hmm. team yeah. um, because that first impression, it matters. So what does hospitality mean to me? I mean, it means simply just being friendly and welcoming to everyone, everyone that comes into your business, your church, event, gathering, it leaves great impact and it makes people feel loved. So to answer that second part, as far as what qualifies as good hospitality, I mean, I would just say the ability to make one feel comfortable and welcome. Yeah. Um, good hospitality is not just for the stranger, but it's even for the ones you see every day coming into work or the one that's been coming to your church for 20 years. Mm -hmm. You might, I mean, like I said, with someone coming to your church for 20 years, if you're a greeter at your church, you might have been coming to the church with this person for 20 years, but they deserve that same hospitality, even as a, for, or um, they deserve that same amount of hospitality just as much as a first time visitor does. It's a smile and it's a genuine kindness that people won't forget. Yeah. People don't forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you were talking about um, the different types of experiences that people you know, have and, and can have yeah. um, regarding hospitality, like my mind immediately went um, because I mean, obviously you know this, but I, I was traveling a lot for a week or for work this week. And um, it just kind of became almost a joke at one point as we were texting and communicating back and forth about mm -hmm. how I just had bad experience this week at restaurants as I was traveling. Um, but like specifically, like I went to um, a restaurant in Columbus this week, Columbus, Ohio, and I walked in and honest to goodness, like I felt, I felt terrible for this worker, but it was probably the worst experience that I've ever had in a restaurant in my entire life. Because um, first of all, the and, and this is a chain restaurant, but the front door to the building, and I didn't even tell you this, was in the most bizarre, random place. Like it was not right off the parking lot. Yeah. It was like on the complete opposite side. So you had to like walk completely around the building mm -hmm. to get to the main entrance of this restaurant, which was super weird. So yeah. then, you know, yeah, I'd find that. And then I walked in and I stood there forever and ever. And I kept looking around and I literally saw no workers whatsoever. So I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. And eventually um, someone comes out of like the kitchen area and like yells across the, the restaurant to me mm -hmm. and basically tells me to find a seat wherever I want to. So I go find a seat. Um, he never brought me a menu. So I just got up and found my own <laughs> and then came back and sat back down. I'm like, well, I guess I'll figure this out on my own. Um, so he finally comes, um, takes my order, um, and, and all of that, but turns out like this, there was literally one waiter serving the entire restaurant. And I counted at one point and there was like over 30 people in the restaurant that he was having to serve. 
like literally he was the only person yeah i i did not see one other worker the entire time that i was there and i was there for an hour and a half which was like not so um for just me anyways like it was just terrible yeah awful awful experience um and i don't blame anyone i mean the poor guy was doing the best he could but on the flip side of that i've went to places um not necessarily places like this but we went to places like jeff ruby's mm-hmm. you know or like higher end restaurants and the second you walk in the door they're like all over you welcoming you making you Absolutely. have to be the best thing that ever you know walked on the face of the earth um i mean you can barely take a drink out of your water cup and they're coming back to fill it back up to the top you know so like, literally so hospitality really does have such a huge bearing on people's experience Mm -hmm. and a lot of times what they experience they will never forget yeah and you know if it's mediocre you know whatever that may be one thing but if you either are really hospitable and you give someone a really pleasant experience Mm -hmm. or if you give someone a really bad experience especially they're going to remember that forever absolutely so yeah yeah so what are um because obviously like you know, I feel like probably most people, or at mm-hmm. least a lot of people, are not great at um, hosting. They're not great at, at um, they're just not used to it. They're yeah. not good at the decorating. They're not good at the hospitality. They just don't know what to do or how to do it. Um, it's just not something that they're used to or super comfortable with. So for those people who this is like a totally new ball game for, what are some small and s- simple steps that someone like that can make their home feel welcoming to guests. Yeah. So I'm actually kind of excited to talk about this one. Whenever I knew this was a question for the podcast today, um, I was excited because I started thinking back that last year, I actually led a small group at our church called making a house a home. Mm -hmm. And we specifically talked about this thing. So I actually dug through our junk drawer that everyone has (laughs) and found my notebook of notes that I had wrote down for that small group last year. Um, But to be honest with you, being hospitable and hosting events, it really is second nature for me. And it's just natural for me. So sometimes when something is natural for us, it's, it's weird, but it's almost hard to talk about it. Yeah because it's hard to simplify it yes to where other people can understand yes so hopefully I can bring some light to the situation today Um, but I love talking with others to help them turn their home into a place of entertainment and where people love to gather because I had a few ladies that joined every week I think it was for six weeks um, because they had that desire to make their house feel like a home and had that desire to know how to entertain people. And I loved being able to share with them just a couple of things that I do. So like I said, I actually did pull out that list and I have four things that I pulled from it. I had a list of much more, but these were four things that I felt were more general Mm -hmm. that really could apply to whatever event you're hosting, whether it's in your home, whether it's a church event, whether it's a work conference, whatever it is, I feel like these, these four are going to, um, you can use. Mm -hmm. So the first one I have is honestly, it's simple is play some music, soft music. I mean, because I feel like you can go on the opposite of that and play really loud music where no one feels they can talk. So there's got to be that happy medium, but I would just say like some soft music that breaks up that silence and automatically brings movement into a room. Like 
for example, because the, the place we host the most is our home. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of my examples. But like when I've had people show up, you know, you're expecting 30 people and, you know, you have a couple people at a time are coming in. So at, the, at first it's just you and mm-hmm. two or three people. And it's not that it's totally awkward, but if it was just silent in the house, when they walked in, it's like automatic, a little bit of awkwardness, mm-hmm. yeah. but that silent or that music breaks up that silence. It kind of brings some movement into yeah. a room and music. I feel like in itself brings an element to an atmosphere that seems so much more inviting and enjoyable to be in. So for me, music is a must for any event, whether it be in your home, like I said, or at a conference room mm-hmm. at your place of business. Yeah, I agree. Cause I mean, we've even, um, obviously, you know, held events at the church, um, like all team meetings where we've had training sessions or what have you at the church. And, you know, this applies for the business place as well, but having that music as people are walking in, mm-hmm. like no matter what the context is that automatically, because like you said, it can be very awkward just walking into yes. a silent room mm-hmm. and people almost come in feeling like they shouldn't be. It's weird. I don't know why, but whenever you walk into a room and it's silent, you're like, oh, okay. I just, just like, should be. Yeah. I feel like I need to just like sit down and be quiet and not say anything Yes, because the room is quiet. Right. But if there's music going on, it's like, it almost opens that up to be like, okay, I'm, I'm free to talk a little bit yes. and, and you know, I agree. that sort of thing. So yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. Um, So yeah, that's the first one. And the second one that I had it. And it kind of goes without saying, but I feel like I've been to events where it's, this has not happened. So greet your guests. I mean, you be there to greet someone and welcome them. I mean, you don't want to bombard them when they're walking in the door necessarily, but you know, when someone, I mean, hopefully they ring a doorbell or they knock, but you know, you might not be at an event to where there is a doorbell or or a door yeah, to knock on, yeah. but just kind of having somebody there to accept them. Yeah. You know, if they have a coat, Hey, you know, is there something I could do with your coat? Um, can I get you something to drink? Remind them to make themselves at home. Mm-hmm. So when we led that small group, um, we actually covered the flip side of hosting and we actually talked about how to be a good guest yeah. because in, in any event, there's a host and there's a guest. And especially when someone is new, there can be that awkwardness there where they don't know where to go, what they're supposed to do. You're the host, guide them, remove their questions and make them feel safe and welcome. Even something small, like, okay, I go into somebody's home for the first time and I'm wearing, it's winter. I got this coat on for me. I'm not going to feel comfortable taking it off and just throwing it down somewhere. Yeah. But as the host, you need to eliminate that question for someone. Mm -hmm. And how can I take care of that for you? Or let me take that from you. So they're on your territory. Mm -hmm. It's not their responsibility necessarily to make Mm -hmm. themselves feel welcome. I think it's on the host to make their guests feel welcome. Um, But be there to greet them. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it should, you know, that honestly should almost be like a common courtesy that you give them. Because like you said, that they are, they are coming on your turf. So naturally they're going to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and they're looking to you as the host to get that direction of, you know, where to go, what to do, you know, what to expect, where's the restroom. And honestly, like even taking it into um, whether it be a church setting or business setting, whatever the case may be, like, even if you um, like, even if this is a meeting that you have every single week and these people are used to coming here every single week for this meeting, like as the host, 
that is just such an extra step to always be there like at the doors greeting right. people. And again, like you said earlier, like that's why you would have like first impressions teams or hospitality teams like they're at the door greeting. Like right. you have those people that are trying to help guide the people of knowing what to expect, where things are and just welcoming them in general. Yeah. So, yeah. So it really should almost be like a common courtesy thing. Um, and, and thinking, okay, if this were me coming in, mm-hmm. what would I like to receive? Yes. So. And I remember at the beginning of the year, you and I had actually, well, you and I, and a couple others had went to an event at another church. Yeah. And I remember, I just felt so awkward at first, but a lot of it really wasn't necessarily what that church had done. It was almost me because I'm not used to being a guest. Yeah. Everywhere I go, I'm the host Mm -hmm. or it's, I'm going to church and it's the same church I've been in for 25 years, you know? So there's automatically a comfort there. Mm -hmm. So it, that even going to that showed a different light for me Mm -hmm. with hospitality of, wow, it really is so important Mm -hmm. to, because they had like uh, refreshments and I'm like, okay, well, can can I go get a refreshment? I know that sounds silly, but I'm like, well, is that for after service or is that for now? Like I didn't know until someone said, Hey, you know, make yourself feel at home. You know, you're welcome to grab a refreshment for service or whatever it was. So there's the restroom if you need it, all the things where those are things when it's somewhere we're comfortable being, we take it for granted. Mm -hmm. We know where the bathroom is. We know the order of service. We know what's coming. But people that have never been never been there before, they don't. Yeah. So yeah. and it, you know, and this is more for the church setting or business setting, but even just having clear signage indicating where things are mm-hmm. and and just directing people in the proper path. Because, you know, again, um, for like the church setting, you know, you walk into a building, well, you know, you're so used to the building, you know the layout, you know where everything is. But for the guests who this is their first time walking in the building, that can become very overwhelming. Because they're not going to feel comfortable, you know, walking down this hallway, that hallway, going that direction, this direction, trying to find the restroom or a nursery um, or the children's church area or, you know, whatever. Right. Like, they're not going to feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. So, again, thinking ahead, like, okay, I've never been in this building before. What are my first questions? And are those answers easily accessible to me or not? Yeah. Well, that kind of reminds me if even another time we visited just like, or no, it was this month, March, um, for your birthday, we were out of town and we just decided to go visit a church Mm -hmm. in the area that we were at for the weekend and very well-known church. And we, we were like, I was like, I need to go to the bathroom. I don't know where the bathroom's at, or I don't know where anything's at. And honestly, like walking in there, it was kind of overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't feel that I don't want to like stop and look around. Cause you're like, is this awkward? Like, am I weird? You know, <laughs> you're like, okay, I need to like act normal. Just walk. Exactly. And hopefully I see a sign or something. Exactly. <laughs> so once again, it just goes back to, I take that for granted. Yeah. I mean, I just assume that people know where they're going when they come to church for the first time. Right. And I don't know why I assume yeah. that, but it's, it's like, how would they? yes. Yeah. So Honestly, it's kind of like going somewhere else and getting, allowing yourself as the one that's always a leader mm-hmm. to get out of your comfort zone a little bit yeah. and exposing yourself to see what a first time guest looks like. Mm-hmm. It's honestly like a good reset yeah, and learning experience. Yeah. But, um, so the third one I have, and I also feel like this is the most important thing when you are planning an event. Number one thing should have said this one first, but be prepared. Be prepared. This one right here, it is everything because 
one thing is people know when you're not prepared mm-hmm. for sure. hundred percent. Um, and whenever I know I'm going to be hosting an event in my home or at church, I make lists, a grocery list, a things to do list. And this helps me stay organized and prepared. Um, like something simple that I do is because obviously every event, every event has to have what food, mm-hmm. what's an event without food. Um, so that's a big one, a grocery list and nothing yeah. is more aggravating when you're in the middle of a recipe and realize I forgot. Oh my gosh. Whatever. Zach, yep. can you make a quick run to Kroger, please? This has happened. Not, not a ton. It's not times. super often, but it definitely has happened. Yes, yeah. it has. Um, because we all, you know, and I mean that yeah, I mean it happens. It does sure. happen. But one of the things I do is it might sound silly, but I go through all my recipes from beginning to end, and that's how I make my grocery list. Yeah. Because that's what I need grocery for are my recipes. Yeah. So I make make a list. This is gonna help you so organized and um prepared. And I've been to many events that are just utter chaos Mm -hmm. and the host is running around like crazy and once again i know they're not prepared i've been to events it's supposed to start at six it didn't start till seven why because that host was not prepared yeah Yeah. that should never happen and honestly that's just not good hospitality yeah and i think um honestly um this would even be a good tip is not to take on an event that you don't have the capacity to properly execute absolutely you know even if like okay you know, don't don't schedule the event to start at six if you are not like if you if you know you're not. Yeah, you don't get up work till five. Right. Don't don't <laughs> start it at six. If you feasibly cannot have it yeah. ready by seven, okay, then don't start it till seven. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Because even as a guest, on the flip side, you know, you know, it would not be uncommon, especially for us, to have other things going on around yeah. that that we're also working with. So if I'm you coming to curious. this event planning for it to start at six. And it doesn't start until an hour later. That could set, you know, some other things off for us yep. or make, you know, it, it just puts a wrench in things sometimes. Yeah. And it's just not courteous to your, to your guests. It's not, not at all. And the best way that I have found when I am trying to sit down, do that preparation is to sit down at a time that I can actually think straight, yeah. not at a time where I have many things going on, but it's a time where I'm like, okay, I got about 20 minutes. I can sit here, go through the menu, go through the activities figure out what we're doing. And I remember when we, we took our young adults on a retreat last year. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say, I mean, we cooked breakfast, lunch, and dinner for several days and we did not forget one thing, mm-hmm. not one thing. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that to brag necessarily, but it comes from preparation. Yeah. And I remember I ran through every single day from beginning to end of what we were going to be doing and what we were eating. Mm-hmm. And I made a list off of that. Yeah. Um, but I, we sat down at a time when we were available and we went from that from beginning to end. And I can honestly say that when I'm hosting an event, I'm usually pretty good at everything, having yeah. everything I need on hand. But that's what we become that comes from preparation. And yeah. I know that the listener can do that as well. It's not difficult and it eliminates stress. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like I said, nothing's more frustrating than being in the middle of a recipe and realize you can't, you cannot finish your cookies because you don't have sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Like nothing's yeah. more frustrating than that. Yeah. Um, but you can eliminate because having, having people in your home or hosting an event anywhere, there is a little bit of, I guess, stress, if you want to say that comes with that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, but there is 
some it's like pressure almost. Yeah. Just because you are having people and you want it to be a certain way. So anything you can do to get some of that stress off your plate, do it. And preparation is the number one thing um, to eliminate that stress. And I have here, you know, a stress host makes for bad hospitality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bad so hospitality. Um, and with that actually being said, that leads me to my next point on how to have good hospitality is be present. Mm-hmm. I remember that was a big one that I covered when I led that small group. And I know it sounds so simple, but when you prepare properly, it allows you to be present. The dishes can wait until everyone leaves. When yeah. we have, um, I keep referencing the young adults. So for those that don't know, Zach and I are the young adult pastors at our church and we have them here regularly. Yeah. And I'm like, put your dishes in the sink, put your dishes in the sink. And a lot of times Zach and I will take care of it once they leave. Why? Because I want to be present. I've spent all this time preparing this Christmas party, Friendsgiving, just gathering in general. I want to enjoy it. Um, and, 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 you know, I understand that sometimes it doesn't always work out that way, but for the most part, be present when you can be present. Yeah. Don't get too caught up in the event. Um, but be present, but preparation, like I said earlier, mm. it allows you to be present. Yeah. So if you're not prepared and you're almost preparing the event as you go, you can't be present because yeah. you're focused on the event. Yeah. But whenever you are prepared and all the food's already ready, it's set out, all they're doing is eating. If you're playing games, you have all that organized, whatever it may be, preparation allows you to be present. So they yeah. really go hand in hand. Um, but I really do think that's so important to your guests. Cause that makes me think about the stranger. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about young adults coming, we've had our regular young adults bring friends. Yeah. And let's just say I was just running around like a crazy person did not make myself present to that new individual. Yeah. Well, they're in my home right. who is supposed to make them feel welcome mm-hmm. me. It's my home. Yeah. yeah. And if I'm not making them feel welcome because I'm too busy and not being present, that's not good hospitality. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So go back to like the first time that you've ever hosted a big gathering. Do you remember like what that was, what that was like, like all the emotions and everything else? I I think I do. I mean, I think it's probably like pretty obvious. Okay. Okay. I was great. So uh, I would say the first big gathering that we hosted was our housewarming party. Yeah. 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 So that was probably about two years ago now, I think. Yeah. Uh, Um, Yeah. Almost to the, yeah, yeah, very close. So that was a big one because, you know, people are coming to your home to see it for the first time. You feel like everything has to be perfect and your hospitality has to be top notch. Cause I mean, the debut is your home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hospitality is a big one there. Um, although I knew that there was that expectation with people coming here for the first time though, I can honestly say I was really excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sharing our, sharing your home with others and having an outlet to be able to show good hospitality is honestly such a fulfilling thing, not only for you, but also your guests. Honestly, mm-hmm. people love to come to an event and leave feeling loved and cared for. Um, there was a ton of prep work that went into our housewarming mm-hmm. party. Yes. Yeah, so. And, but it goes back to what we talked about just a little bit ago. And being prepared allowed us as the host to be present with our guests. Mm-hmm. So people were coming. And I know this is a very specific type of an event. So what I'm about to say may not always pertain, but I think you can take it and tweak it to the event you're hosting is people were coming to see our home. So what do they want to see? Our home. So we had to be 
present and available to take people around to see our home. Mm. Well, if I wasn't prepared to host people, I would not have been able to to be hospitable, to show them our home and show them the reason why they were even here. Yeah. So preparation really allowed us to be able to be the host that we needed to be. Um, and while, yes, this was the first time that people were in our home in general, this was also the first time we had ever hosted. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it goes back to way back to what you we were saying at the beginning is that first impression. Mm-hmm. I mean, how we hosted that day was going to show others how hospitable we were. Yeah. So it was so important that we did what we could do to be hospitable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that is true because, you know, once someone has experienced that, you know, they pretty much kind of know how to handle future events. You know, if you're the person that's always an hour behind, yes, then they're going to quickly catch on that. Right. And they're like, okay, well, um, I'm going to at least wait another 30 minutes after the, so, you know, quote unquote start time to even show up right. or I'll just wait an hour or, you know, I'm going to make sure that I don't have anything else going on because yeah. I know that this party is not going to end when it's supposed to, whatever the case. Yeah. So, yeah. So last question and, um, and we are quickly coming to the end of our time, but this is kind of a cool question. Um, so I'm, I'm anxious to see your answer on that, but so the Hebrew word for hospitality is the same word for hospital like they both have the same root word so it makes sense that they're they're the same thing but i really think that god can use hospitality as a place for healing again that that same word hospitality and hospital so what are your thoughts on that yeah absolutely i love this question honestly and i definitely do think that god can use hospitality as a place for healing Whenever I was thinking about this, I was thinking about all of the times that we have had people in our home, Um, mainly that has been our young adults yet again. And every time we gather with them, there are always conversations that take place. Mm -hmm. You'll see pockets of people everywhere having conversation. You'll see friendships being formed. We've actually had two of our young adults find their soulmate at one of our gatherings. How exciting. They actually get married this month. or I'm sorry, next month, April. Yeah. Super exciting. Um, so these events, they bring people together. Yeah. They bring community and they eliminate isolation. One thing that we say a lot is the enemy, you know, he wants to isolate people mm-hmm. because that's where he can capture your mind and get you to be thinking things that you maybe shouldn't be thinking. So having these gatherings and having events, it brings community, it brings yeah, it isolation. Does. It br- or I'm sorry, it eliminates isolation. Yeah. Um, and earlier I had answered this question, what qualifies for good hospitality? And I'd answer that by saying it's the ability to make one feel comfortable, welcomed, and loved. Mm -hmm. We don't know what people are facing when we encounter them at these events, whether it be in your home or a business meeting or whatever it is, you don't know what your employee might be Mm -hmm. facing that day. You don't know what your friend might be facing that day. But if we demonstrate good hospitality by definition, because like I had said earlier, um, definition of hospitality is the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. Mm-hmm. So if we demonstrate good hospitality by definition, we can actually share love with someone that could eventually bring the healing. Yeah. So that's kind of how I would answer that question because good hospitality is a place to where you are showing um, yourself friendly yeah. and you're being generous to others. You're making people feel loved. You're making people feel important that you would put this event together for them to come and be a part of. 
And that could really leave an impact on someone. I've seen it, especially in ministry. I've seen where it's brought unity to groups. I've seen where it's brought friendship and relationship. Um, So I definitely think that hospitality can bring healing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's so good. Well, that is the end of our time together today. Um, So thank you again for joining me on this week's episode, um, talking about the gift of hospitality. So Sarah, before we end out, how can people connect with you? Yeah. So on Facebook and Instagram, uh, my name's just Sarah Elizabeth Pruitt, and that's how you can find me. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again for tuning in to the Catalyst for Change podcast, where we help leaders lead better. Um, Please make sure to rate and subscribe this podcast. It helps more than you know, and we'll see you again next week.